everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. As always, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today is Tuesday, October 29th, and as we continue through the Old Testament, today we are on Genesis 45, a much more PG chapter than we've had for the last couple of weeks in a row. <laughs> so true. Um, uh, but thank you again so much for joining us. So uh, today, as always, I'm joined by my standard, always co-host, Daniel <laughs> Yelverton, and uh, we are joined by Michael Miller again today. What did you call me last He's week? back. Uh, fellow host, I think. Uh, something like that. It was, yeah. yeah. Honored weird. colleagues. It was good. a, it was a weird title. <laughs> Esteemed co-host. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, Pastor Daniel Yelverton, Michael Miller is back. He is, if you're listening and you've never listened before, he is our e-kids director, our kids ministry director here at the church, doing a fantabulous job. Yes. <laughs> and he is officially official, right? I am officially official. <laughs> Yeah, that, they they didn't fire so me. So did we make you Facebook official? Is that what it was? I don't know if we made me Facebook official or not. Facebook? Um, Facebook. I, don't, I don't know if we made me Facebook hey, official or not. I was in the Facebook not. world. We didn't make Facebook official. Once I was on Facebook. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, But no, today we are on Genesis 45. Um, We're actually into one of my favorite parts of the story of Joseph. Um, We kind of get, get, it's one of the moments kind of where you get the big payoff of the story where uh, where some things happen that that kind of draw a lot of things together. So um, do one of you two want to do, I know Daniel's been doing it a lot lately, but when you're with us, we'd love to have you do it. So Michael, if you would please do the setup and give us the context Uh, for the chapter I have to, because we just taught all this stuff in eKids in September. We had the, the, the theme of trusting, you know, being trustworthy and trusting God. Mm -hmm. And we see that in Joseph's life. But so this doesn't exist in a vacuum. This story sounds really good. And just, you know, uh, chapter 45, but if you look at the whole thing where, um, you know, Joseph is Jacob's favorite kid, which is messed up. Mm-hmm. And then, in, you know, he's having these dreams uh, that, that shows him being in charge of, of his brothers. That obviously doesn't make his brothers happy. So really smart to tell him that, I think. You know, <laughs> duh. Very so, tactful. And, and the so, second time was extra tactful. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, of course, he, end, he ends up going to see his brothers as they're out for work and they conspire and like... Let's kill him. No, let's not kill him. They sell him into slavery. So he's got all these ups and downs in his life already as a young man. And then he goes to slavery and then he rises up to be like the lead of Potiphar's house. So like things are going bad. Things are going better. And then Potiphar's wife accuses him of some stuff. And then so he goes to prison. So things get bad again. And then like, (laughs) hey, he ends up being like the warden of the prison as a prisoner, which is crazy. Kind of crazy awesome at the same time, you know. And then, and so now he starts interpreting dreams, and then Pharaoh gets wind of, of this stuff, what's going on, and then he needs a dream, dream interpreted. Next thing you know, he is like number two in Egypt, and he's and he's helping them save food because of there's going to have this, these years of plenty and these years of famine. So that's where we are in the story is that is that they have gone through the years of plenty, and they're in this period of of the the years of, of famine. So the same dudes who sell him into slavery, imagine this, the same guys, his brothers, he's up, imagine how upset he must have been through all those years. They come knocking on his door looking for food and don't even recognize who he is. So, wow, yeah. that's, that's where we are in the story. <clears throat> yeah. We could make another Johnny Lee reference like we did last week with looking for food in all the wrong places. <laughs> 
looking for food. Um, But uh, yeah, so thank you very much for that, Michael. Uh, One thing that I want to ask you guys to get you guys going in the conversation here um, before we get into the actual scripture reading for today from the Dwell app is what is, honestly, what is your favorite part of Joseph's story or what is your favorite lesson and application that you've learned from it Hmm. that you can take for your life um, from Joseph's story and everything that he went through? So. Anyway, be thinking about that on our Facebook Live. Please send that in to us if you have anything that you want to uh, add to the conversation today. We are here, and um, so at that, we'll just go ahead and get right into the chapter. This is Genesis 45 from the Dwell app, and we will be right back. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, so that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me you and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt. And of all that you have seen, hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this. Load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, Do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did so. 
And Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh and gave them provisions for the journey. To each and all of them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said to them, Do not quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. And they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb, for he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. All right, guys, we are back. That was Genesis 45 from the Dwell app. As always, what do you guys want to get into? What uh, part of that chapter do you want to talk about first? <laughs> my, my, are you guys prepared I just with gave the setup. Today? I'm like, I, I, I can't know, it's dominate. my turn right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I love this story of Joseph. And there's, there's really, there's amazing application that we can really draw from his story. And I was talking to somebody this morning, and what I really love even about the book of Genesis is that it's just, it's life stories, you know, and it's what people are going through. They're, they're struggling with revenge, with anger, with loss, with uh, forgiveness, with bitterness, all these things that they're struggling with. And we just kind of get a window into, into their lives. And so it's, I, I, I really like Genesis and I like that it kind of, uh, it kind of gives us that kind of, uh, I guess, narrative. And, and so with this, I think that what sticks out to me is that this is probably one this is one of the a few stories in scripture that I will read and it will like it will like it will well up with like tears when I read it because it's just it's so full of emotion it's raw it's full of uh forgiveness mm-hmm. um and and it's really relatable right it's really relatable when they, they have this moment of reconciliation and and the brothers are just floored and Joseph is just like you can just see him pulling his brothers in mm-hmm. being like just wanting to embrace them after years and years of being um you know separated um, and I just, I, it, it is, I, it, it, for me, it's full of emotion. And, and I, so I love this, this chapter and I love how the story ends, uh, because, uh, really you get to see like what, how forgiveness can truly look like and what forgiveness can truly yeah. look like. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's the one that just sticks out to me in this chapter. And then the story of Joseph as well is is a I think a great story to deal with life's disappointments. Like so how do you how do you live and go through your life when life doesn't go the way you wanted it to? Wow. Yeah. Or the way you envisioned it. Mm-hmm. You know, because Joseph has these dreams. And he has these dreams about how his life is going to go and how it's going to turn out. And it doesn't happen according to plan. So what do you do with that? Where do you what do you how do you carry on? How do you live and how are you supposed to live in response to um, broken dreams, unmet expectations. Um, and so that, that to me is like a very overarching kind of narrative of Joseph's story. Yeah. Uh, but this part just culminates so much in the power of forgiveness. 
um, and, and genuine. Like, I mean, there's nothing vindictive about his forgiveness. He's not forgiving because uh, he's very, he's, Joseph has genuinely seen God's hand at work in his story, and he holds his brothers uh, not responsible mm-hmm. for the terrible things they've done. They, he was like, he even said, he's like, it's not you that sent me to Egypt. It was God. Yeah. And talk about a perspective change. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, and, and with that, I want, something I, I want to point out because I'm sure there are tons of us listening that um, have had hurt, you know, that have been hurt by people that are are dealing with with how do I forgive? And, and when we read through this stuff, it seems like it's so quick. I mean, we read through these chapters. And it's a quick story. And it's like, yeah, look look how awesome Joseph is. He went through all this <laughs> terrible stuff and like, boom, he's forgiven his brothers. Decades go by. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out is forgiveness is not always a thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Often it's a process. So and the bad thing is we don't necessarily see here in his story the process that he has to go through. Right. So we see that he weeps here in like verse, I don't know, what is it, like three it's or right four. right at the very beginning, yeah. Yeah. Verse two, two, and he wept aloud. We see that he, that he weeps here. So he's still emotional about this all these years later. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine when he's back in the story when he's in Potiphar's house, and he's climbing the ladder. Like he's at the uh, he's just starts and he's at the bottom. He's not ruling Potiphar's house. Imagine at the beginning mm-hmm. when he is you know cleaning up after after Potiphar's stuff. You know what I mean? Imagine imagine being in uh, being there. How does 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 Joseph cry himself to sleep at night? Mm-hmm. Does does he hate his brothers at that point? So, and I don't know, right? But what I'm trying to say is, um, let's not act like this is just all of a sudden Joseph just boom he forgave his brothers and he and he has always been forgiving. There's a process that that we have to go through for to forgive people, and I think the key for us is to try to to work through it more each day. Yeah. It's not like I need to wake up tomorrow and I'm done and I forgive it. And some people can do that. That's that, that's your process. Awesome. But I guess let's not be so judgmental of people as they're trying to work through forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Let's just encourage people to forgive each other a little more each day. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I think that w- what we'd see here is that forgiveness is not just a one-time event. Like when he is telling his brothers, he's like, hey, when you're on your way back home, don't fight over this. Don't quarrel over this. Like, don't feel guilty because of this. Like, so he extends the forgiveness in that moment. And then at the very end of Genesis, after Jacob has died, his brothers are fearful that Joseph hasn't actually forgiven them. And so they like go back to him and they're like, you know, they we don't want to, you know, we don't, now that our father is dead, we don't want you to now like, your forgiveness is uh, is done basically mm, right. and and they come back and they ask for forgiveness again and Joseph is like no like what what had uh, what was intended for evil god turned into good and that's that famous uh, scripture that we have and i think that's in genesis 50 i think so i, I have to look it up I'm and terrible see terrible remembering chapters and verses yeah, but but so there's the so you see it's like the forgiveness thing is it's not a one time event it's a, something that is constantly revisited and it's an active thing where joseph has to continue to extend the forgiveness and it's easy for the brothers to see that it maybe if could have felt like a one time event and then now that sure. their father's dead and joseph doesn't have to honor the father anymore by forgiving his brothers that he could just kind of carry on his vengeance mm-hmm. kind of like how esau did right esau consoled himself knowing that once his father was going to die he was going to kill jacob yeah. that kind of thing once jacob stole his blessing that we read about earlier in genesis and so joseph is now 
he's walking out a posture of forgiveness and forgiveness is it's a lifestyle thing and it's good word and it's really hard i mean it's really hard i mean it is an active choice Mm -hmm. that you have to constantly kind of go through and uh and the 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 challenge is is that um the way we are with connectivity it's so easy to be reminded of the hurts you know like I've been hurt in the past by somebody and it was, I knew their favorite uh, team, right? I knew their favorite team was the Florida Gators. And every time I would see the Florida Gators play, I'd have to like, it would almost be this flashback and I would have to like, yeah, it would be, and I'd have to go back through the process of forgiveness, even just by watching a sports team. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that makes this a lifetime challenge. But I think what's, what's I see about Joseph is that he is set free. Yep. Like he That's is it. is is free to to love his brothers. He's free to move on with his life and he's also free to see God's amazing hand at work and and I don't want to jump away from forgiveness just yet, mm-hmm. but I, I want to eventually I want to do talk about like how God sovereignly was working in amazing ways yeah. through Joseph's story. So I'll, we'll get to that later, but yeah. like I think it's good for us to kind of hang on here and forgive. Well, let me throw one yeah. more thing about forgiveness and is that Forgiveness, <clears throat> yes, forgiveness is good for the person that offended you, right? But to be honest, it's better for you. For forgiveness, living in unforgiveness hurts somebody, and that and that's that somebody is you. Yeah. So if we if we hold that grudge, if we hold that unforgiveness, it hurts us more than it hurts anyone else. Because let's think about this: the person that you might not be able to forgive might be dead. It's not hurting them at all. The, and, or, or they don't even know that you're mad at them. Right. Or some in some cases, if they know, they could they don't care. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not hurting them that you're holding a grudge most of the time. It, it doesn't matter to them whether you forgive them or not most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it does, you know what I mean? But yeah. a lot of times it's just it's 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 irrelevant to them. But it can eat you alive. Mm-hmm. So really working on that forgiveness. Is, is something that, that's really healthy for you. And it's really healthy for us to understand our relationship with Jesus too. Because Jesus as a Savior, think of all the things that he has forgiven. Mm-hmm. So it gets you it gets you a moment to, to connect with Jesus for a minute because as you forgive someone who has just hurt you in tremendous ways, then you get to, to for a moment, see how it feels to be Jesus, to forgive people, yeah. even when they don't deserve it. Yeah. We have a, um, a comment from one of our viewers slash listeners, um, Felicia, our friend here. Um, she said, where, to, in response to where I asked earlier to anybody who's listening and watching what their favorite part of Joseph's story is, she said, I love Joseph's story for many, many reasons, but the number one application I can take from it is that God can take what the enemy uses through people or situations in our life to hurt us and turn it into good, always. We just have to hand our hurts over to him and have faith that he will make it good. Mm. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's really, Preach really it, good. Preach it, Felicia. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I think that kind of forgiveness is hand-in-hand hand with justice, and I know we've, pro- we've talked about justice before, but I think that um, sometimes we have an inability to forgive people because we don't feel like justice is actually going to be taken care of, like the people that have hurt us, the people that have wronged us. And so we kind of enact either vengeance on the person or we kind of hold them to... Uh, we kind of hold them over the coals for the rest of their life or however long we're unwilling to forgive somebody. Um, and, and what that does is that that's counterintuitive to the gospel. Like yeah. the gospel is that Jesus came and paid the penalty for all the wrongdoings 
and, and made us right with God. And so when we are unable to forgive other people, what we're doing is we're saying that, Jesus, your payment for the forgiveness of sins wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. That we're saying that that you, that that, that person or whatever they've done to us, and, and there's been some, like, humanity has done awful things to each other. I mean, like, awful, awful things. We read about it in Genesis. There's terrible stuff. And I know that people have experienced terrible stuff. But there is a, there's a parable of the unforgiving debtor uh, that Jesus gives, and it's such a powerful parable because mm. there's a king that forgives this servant of millions of dollars, like tens of millions of dollars worth of debt. It's an exorbitant debt that makes no sense why the king would do this. And if the king is that wealthy, he doesn't get that wealthy by being nice to people, right? right. Especially in that time. Mm-hmm. And so he's uh, so he forgives this servant of tens of millions of dollars, and the servant walks away, and then he finds somebody that owes him like a thousand dollars, and he he basically, you know, chokes the guy out and then throws him in prison, mm-hmm. and and the king responds to the servant with just he's like you're you're wicked like you've taken the blessing that I've given you and you will not extend a portion of it a tiny portion of it to somebody else, mm-hmm. and. And we can talk about like, there's multiple ways to look at forgiveness. And I think that forgiveness sets us free and that's so important, but also just kind of it's, this is more of the sobering part of forgiveness to know that like, if we don't forgive, what are we saying to God and what are we, how are we responding to the sacrifice of Jesus when we are unwilling to extend forgiveness? We're basically just saying that, you know, Hey, and how, and how, when we see, uh, justice, especially injustice. We want justice for other people, but we want mercy for ourselves. Yeah. And that's what the wicked servant did. He wanted mercy. He begged for mercy from God. Basically, mm. God is the king in that story, mm. but he wanted justice for the one that had hurt him. And and what is justice? That that's the thing I struggle with when we talk about these things. What <clears throat> what is justice, Daniel? So I think <laughs> big, big, <laughs> yeah. Multi, that's a multifaceted in, kind of in, question in the situation. So I think that, and that's why I think it's impossible for us as people, um, especially. I mean, even with law, like with laws and with justice. Hopefully, the laws are set up so that justice can be can be done in a fair way, but it's not done in a fair way. You know, that's just humanity, humanity. Right. And so like, I think it's impossible for humans to enact perfect justice. I agree. And so when we try to, um, and I think God's given authority around us to enact justice, and that's that's an important role of authority. And authority is held accountable when authority is injustice. Mm-hmm. But also for us, when we try to enact justice, we end up becoming um, culprits in the whole issue. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the eye for an eye. If everyone, if an eye for an eye happens, then the whole world it's becomes a cycle blind. Of violence. Yeah. And so that's why I think that uh, Christ made a way for us to release the burden of justice. You know, it says that it says in First Peter that that even though they hurled insults at Jesus, that he didn't uh, he didn't trust his case uh, to his own ability to stop. He tr- entrusted his case to God, who always judges fairly. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Uh, we have to release our hurt, whatever it is, up to God, because He's the one that can enact perfect justice. Because even if we do try to enact perfect justice, we don't get what we want. Yep. We don't get that feeling of release. If anything, it brings more pain 
and more issues and it makes the world a less a, a more violent and a more um bitter place and so uh that's the that's the amazing gift that we get with christ is that we can trust that he will take care of justice daniel did you know that for the first three centuries after you know after jesus you know after the gospels after you know after all these things all these things that Christians took this idea of peace and forgiveness so seriously that for 300 years they they wouldn't enlist in the military. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that? The Christianity was so peaceful that until Constantine, you know, became emperor of Rome and turned into a Christian empire and then they had like a Roman empire and like Roman like Christian soldiers all that stuff. Before that Christian and and, and the empire like it was so serious that they didn't even try to, to enlist Christians because they would go to their deaths and say no. Mm-hmm. So we Christians took this idea of of foregoing vengeance and embracing the peace of Christ mm-hmm. and embra- embracing forgiveness so seriously that they just they wouldn't even engage in that stuff and in, in, in violence. I mean, I, I learned that in seminary and it was like what? Yeah. So. I think that's something that in our society we we could take a look at a little deeper, is that is what what is justice, what is forgiveness, what is peace, and and how do we apply that in our lives? Because when I look at when I look at this idea of justice, I think if you ask people like I ask you to to define it, and you did a, re- a really good job. I almost set you up for failure, but you you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> a lot of people would basically boil it down to vengeance, mm-hmm. and vengeance like. If I steal your water, and then you get mad at me, and you hit me, and then I hit you, and and like next thing you know, we're brawling, and then you know, imagine how things escalate, and then and imagine if I would never do this, Daniel, but imagine if one of us murdered the other person, mm-hmm. and it all started with something stupid like water, right? Mm-hmm. So then, then, then then where does justice go? Okay, so so one person dies, another person maybe gets killed, and then and so now we have a family feud for centuries. Maybe you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and we do this with nations. That who's the bad guy in, in these things? And, and what happens is that you know I kill I kill you, you kill me, our kids kill each other. Like, and, and nations do this, and we just have this ridiculous amount of of vengeance in our world. Mm-hmm. And I just think that as Christians, we should be more peaceful. Like Joseph in this story. I mean. <laughs> if you look at the Old Testament, this could have went a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his brothers could have showed up, and he could have stabbed them all and claimed the victory, and we wouldn't have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, or, so, or enslave them just like he was sold into slavery. I mean, like he could have just he had the power to do whatever he wanted with them without any consequence. So I th- I think that this story of forgiveness and look here's the point with this. This is the reason why I bring the New Testament argument. I talk about Christians for the first three centuries. This story of Joseph is so much a parallel to Jesus. It isn't funny. Yeah. Because Joseph is the favorite son and God is the only begotten, or Jesus is the only begotten son. You know, we, we see that, you know, that he's, he's the protagonist as Jesus is the protagonist. And that we see that he is mistreated, right? As Joseph is mistreated. And, you know, I, I like the part where we see that he's down in a hole like the Alice in Chains reference earlier. But, you know, Jesus is dead and buried, you know, and but yet Jesus raises from the dead and then Joseph doesn't raise from the dead, but he raises from the literal pits of a hole. Like, And, and we see at the end of the story 
that Joseph forgives just like Jesus forgives. Mm-hmm. So we we can see the parallels. And, and I think that this is a monumental story that we have to see that we have to see Jesus in this story. And, and I think this connects the Old Testament with the New Testament. It connects you know, the Old Testament with Christ. And, and again, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness is such a big deal in the story. Mm-hmm. I know we want to move, move past forgiveness and I keep bringing this back. Well, like, but I just think it's super, super important. I have a, a little input on it too, just for what is justice. I think justice, I mean, so there, there's two different levels. There's, there's what, you know, what we live in, there's the world, and then there's where we're called to live as Christians. And I think when we're in that worldly level, justice for the majority of the time is just your perspective. Just whatever justice is, is just whatever you think justice is supposed to be. Because in any situation, if, if Daniel steals your water bottle, your idea of justice, his idea of justice and mine would be completely different. Could be, you know, so it's, it's a lot of its perspective. So what we're called to do and what the hard thing to do is, is to be transcendent as believers and move out of living in this world and move into living in the world that in the kingdom that that we're called to live in. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, that's a big part of it, but we have a question here real quick when it comes to forgiveness before we move on from Shelly Kirby on Facebook. She says, do you think it is easier to forgive when you have the upper hand per se? Mm. Ooh. That's a good question, man. No, I don't no. know. I mean, I think I think <laughs> the 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 hard thing for me is that forgiveness is not a one time event, right? Yeah. So, the upper hand per se can change, mm-hmm. right? And so, I think that uh, because especially if you forgive somebody and you mend the relationship, it's easy for an offense to happen again. And then you then are you the are you the offending party or is the other person the offending party again? And how do you work through that again? Mm-hmm. Like how do you work through multiple offenses that have kind of gone through? And how are you forgiving in that in that process? And so, like I think that I agree with you, Michael. I don't think it is because I think it like for, with forgiveness not being a one time event. Then, uh, then I think that what it, the upper hand may shift, but forgiveness is always going to be that choice because. The hard thing about forgiving somebody in the moment is then not letting that shift your world dynamically towards that person, right? Yeah. Because then if they have offended you and you've forgiven them and something happens again, you know, does that mean that that offense is solo by itself or no, you're bringing up the past, you're, you're dredging up all the other old stuff right. and things that you're kind of, you've carried before. Um, and so I think that it is... I think in the moment it can feel easier to forgive when you have kind of the upper hand or when you're taking the higher road Mm -hmm. or when you've been the one that's kind of someone's coming to you in sorrow and repentance kind of thing. And it's kind of like feels like the right thing to do. But I think that the challenge with forgiveness is, is to release, to release the person of the responsibility of that. Cause I think when you say to forgive and forget, is unrealistic, mm. you know? Right. But I think what you can do is you can, you can forgive and release. Mm-hmm. So release the offender and, and release the offense. Um, and so, and kind of give like clean slate to the, to the whole process, but that in its part that, and that's why I think forgiveness is, is, is the process and it's not just the mm-hmm. one time event. It has to be something that you continually revisit, um, and not hold somebody accountable to whatever the offenses that you're forgiving them of. Yeah. And I think it, I think forgiveness has to be done 
intentionally connected with the Holy Spirit and with um, sure. with um, discernment in that. Because as you're talking about forgiving and releasing um, and giving people a clean slate, there are certain circumstances where you can forgive, but you also know that those people will hurt you or take advantage of you again if you give them the opportunity. Yes. Forgiveness so th- doesn't necessarily mean forget. Right, exactly. But it needs you. to be, what I'm saying is it needs to yeah. be done with discernment yes. in that situation each time mm-hmm. because there might be somebody that you're like, I know they're going to hurt me, but you need to pray about it. And if the Spirit's telling you you need to give them another chance in that, then you need to give them another chance in that. But there's also times where there's wisdom where it's like, okay, I forgive you, I move on, but I stay away now. And that's where I think that it's it's connected. Forgiveness in itself is not a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? It's something that it's it's inherently connected to trust. It's 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 connected to just kind of you know spiritual personal safety, mm-hmm. like things like that. Like like you you might forgive somebody, but you don't trust them, right? You know, and and they don't have They're permission different. to come into your life and to influence your life. And so you know, and that's that that can be that can be prudent and that can be really wise. And so that's where I think that it, it's all it's going to be connected. But the forgiveness part of it is going to be more of. I'm releasing you from the offense and from the hurt that you have put on me for that moment or however, like carry on moments that have come. And it is really, it's definitely for the person, but it's really, it's more for you. It's more because, because if you don't let go of it, then that person has control and power over you. And that situation will affect every single future relationship Mm -hmm. that you have. If you are unwilling to forgive. Now, yeah. can, I, can I go back to Shelly's question? She said, yeah. could you read it again? Let's make sure uh, we get the She said, right. do you think it is easier to forgive when you have the upper hand per se? Now, let's look at the story. Something that we forget is Joseph kind of messed up at the beginning. I mean, he, he's having these dreams. I can, I mean, we, we all have brothers and sisters or kids, right? Mm-hmm. You know how this went down, right? He's all like, man, I had this dream and I'm rolling over you guys and you guys suck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm taking too much out of the story, but just bear with me, like go there with me for a moment. He hurt them. He hurt them enough that they wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever went down, it wasn't pretty. And so his brothers are probably harboring some unforgiveness to Joseph. So we, we're, we're not thinking about that for a moment. They were upset with him too. So when you talk about the upper hand, now they get together. So, Joseph has the upper hand, and the brothers, who are probably harboring some unforgiveness, they don't have the upper hand. And so imagine how hard it would be if you were Joseph, because Joseph's the good guy in the story, but imagine if it were you, (laughs) right? (laughs) These jokers, they come to you, and they're asking forgiveness, or maybe not even asking for forgiveness, but they come to you, and you have power. That's kind of hard mm-hmm. to be, to be the good guy in the story and be like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do the wrong thing. I'm not gonna to uh, you, know, you know use my power to punish them. I'm gonna be the good guy. That can be hard because a lot of guys are gonna want to use their power to get revenge. Right? And not only that, it's power with no consequences. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. he could have basically killed his brothers, and no one would have said a no thing. one would have stopped him. Yeah. Now on the other side of it, imagine if the story went differently, where the where the brothers. <laughs> If you're the brother, then you're begging for forgiveness. So when you don't have the upper hand, sometimes it's, and maybe, and that's what I was kind of struggling with as, as I was thinking about this question, because genuine forgiveness, like if you don't have the upper hand and, and you're kind of like, oh man, I'm in trouble. It's easy to be like, oh dude, man, Joseph, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry what we did to you. It was so bad. And can I have some food? 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> but is it? But is that genuine? You know, and that and that's an interesting. That's where thing. my mind goes at first, right? You know, <laughs> let's yeah. work this forgiveness out so I can eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I have something that, um, when it comes to Joseph's story, that uh, was wisdom that was imparted to me as part of a group of three thousand people last year. Um, that I love to share this this piece of the story because it just it opened my mind so much to some things. But um, I was at a um, conference that I go to each year called Worship Together. It's down in um, Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. And they always have like amazing speakers and, and people that come and that are part of it that you can learn from. And there is a, um, a woman who's um, very popular right now in uh, Christian circles, Lisa Turkhurst. And um, if you know her, I know a lot of you do. She writes amazing books and she's an amazing speaker. So she came and she shared with us and she told us about... Um, her story, and I won't get into the entire story, but um, basically she was married and being very successful, and her husband was also being very successful, and he just decided to to leave her, basically. Um, and in the midst of all that, she also got cancer. Like, it was just a terrible year where everything just kind of came together all at once, and everything fell apart for her. And um, so she, she paralleled her story with being in these tough times. Um, and she ended up at the end of this year uh, in the hospital for like a week because she was just having this like crippling pain and she was in the hospital and they couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from. So on top of all this other stuff, now she's in the hospital dealing with Man. this stuff. And so she's been down really low like Joseph was for a long time where he was in prison and all these things. And, um, you know, she said in the story that um, she said, you know, we don't know for sure, but you're, it's easy to assume that Joseph through that time in all of his struggles at some point in time was like crying or praying to God and saying like, why am I here? Can you please just get me out of this situation? This is terrible. I don't want to be here. You said I'm going to be this ruler and rule over people and, and this, all this kind of stuff. Where is that? Take me out of this. Take me to where you, I'm supposed to be or whatever, you know? Because everybody does that. It's human nature. He yeah. was human. Yeah. And we, like you said earlier, there's so much of the story that we don't know. But back to her story. She was in the hospital for a week. And um, they said, you know, we just don't, we don't know what's going on with you. We've run every single test that we can think of. And we don't know what to do. So we're going to send you home. Um, and then... The next day, I believe, before she was released, her doctor came to her. And through this process, she's praying, like, God, just take away the pain. God, just take away the pain from day one to the time she's about to leave. She's praying the whole time. And her doctor comes to her and says, hey, I have one more test that I thought of that I want to run. And we're going to find out what's going on with you, hopefully. And if if this doesn't tell us anything, you're going to go home just how you are because we can't do anything for you. So they run the test. They find out that something in her, I don't remember what it was, something internally had like ruptured or something. Didn't her intestines detach or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Some terrible thing had happened and they finally figure out what it is and then they fix it and then she's okay. But um, what she actually found out was that she linked it together that this is the piece of wisdom that she imparted was that God God loves us so much, he loves us too much to answer the prayers that we're praying to him outside of the time that they're supposed to be answered. Mm. So in that week that she's in the hospital, she's praying from day one, God, heal me, or heal me, or make, make the pain go away is what she was saying, not heal right. me, make the pain go away, make the pain go away. Well, on Tuesday, had he made the pain go away, but she still had the issue inside, and they sent her home, she would have been dead within a week. Sure. Mm. So the perspective to gain there is that 
that God loves us too much to answer our prayers, no matter how desperate they are, no matter how desperate we feel in that time. He loves us too much to answer those prayers outside of his perfect timing. Mm. He knows when it's coming. So we just have to have faith in him and trust in him that he loves us so much that even though we're down in a hole, even though we're going through this miserable time right now, he'll answer the prayer when the right time for the prayer to be answered is. And we just have to, we just have to dig deep and find a way to get through it. So I, I just wanted to share that wisdom from this story of Joseph because Joseph, you know, when he was in prison, he's probably crying or praying and saying, God, take me out of this place. But he had to go through that entire process. He had to be removed from the Canaanite culture. He had to be removed from all these different things and go through all these different things to become the person that he had showed him in his dreams when he was a child that he was eventually going to become. Mm-hmm. But it's a journey and it's a process and nobody ever said it was going to be fun. Nobody said it was going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. But you have to trust God through the process that you're where you are right now because that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And that he loves you so much that he's going to get you there. You just have to put your faith and trust in him to get you there. It's it's amazing that we God... Should, Daniel, we should have just dropped Mike. At that I know. <laughs> literally, we're done. Uh, and that's not for uh, me. No. That's Lisa Turker. So that's good. It's just think, powerful. I think it's amazing is that God gave... Uh, Joseph the dreams but he never told him the the process right like what you're talking about like so Joseph didn't know that he was going to be sold into slavery he didn't know that he was going to be falsely accused he didn't know he was going to rot in prison for years you know uh, until he got to this kind of position And, and so I think that know that God has the ability to to vastly change our situation but I think the the challenge is is so often we're in the in between Right. We're in between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. Right. And we see that with the story of Abraham. We see that in the story of Joseph. Right. That Joseph has this this promise that he has that 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 his, his family is going to bow down for him, that he's going to be elevated to this position. But he doesn't know everything that's in between. And so so I think the what I what sticks out to me so much in the story of Joseph is how honorable he is, how how his conviction of what is right supersedes his situation right yeah so he knows that he needs to be honorable even though he is in a foreign land sold to uh, a, a person you know where he feels like man this situation's gone bad i might as well just go ahead and enjoy life right he knows he, like he takes the a high level of accountability when it comes to what god has called him to be and i think that regardless of what situation we're going through we have the opportunity for god to use us in that present circumstance to show off his glory, but also to impact the people around us. And so that's, I think that to me sticks out so much in the story of Joseph is not only the, how he's gotten to this point of forgiveness, but the moment in between, between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise, he acts and we don't have all of Joseph's timeline here. So we just get snippets of it. But in this, in these crucial points, he is trusting God in those situations and, and and so I think that we have the opportunity when life disappoints, when dreams don't come true, when the situation takes a turn for the worst, we have uh, the opportunity to, to, to still trust in the power of God and, and his ability to, to not only vastly change the situation, but also to use us in this present moment. Yes. You know, I mean, our... You guys know about our situation with Laney, with Lyme's disease, you mm. know, and we could just be like, God, you just need to take us out of this situation because this is terrible. This is not what you promised. This is, you know, this is not what, you know, we thought our marriage was going to be like in five years. Yeah. But, it, you know, and we haven't been perfect at this, but we've also seen that God has used this 
to to teach us to preserve our family time. He's mm-hmm. used this to to really focus on like on us the the power of God to heal and pray for healing and teach that to our children. Mm-hmm. Teach that to my son who's three, you know, almost four years old, that he can pray for healing and that he can pray for those who are hurting. And it's also helped us to really have c- compassion and sympathy and even be there for people as a comfort for the, that are going through chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that we don't get if we don't go through the situation. And, and these yeah. are things that Joseph doesn't get if he doesn't go through the, this situation. And so I think that in the in-between, we have the opportunity uh, for God to radically use us in, 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 in each situation. Um, and I think it it does have to, you know... In, in a culture right now where a lot of stuff is centered around ourselves, um, it's 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 a challenge to pull ourselves, pull us being the f- center of the universe out of that area and put God and his story in the center of the yeah. universe and think, all right, God, this is not what I thought. Or this is not how the, the plan was supposed to go. But I believe and I know that you have the power to use me in this situation for your glory, but also to be a blessing to other people around me. I mm. want to add to that real quick. Um it took it took pain and it took death for us to achieve forgiveness mm-hmm. in, in Christ. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In the story of Joseph, if if he hadn't gone into the hole, into slavery, and into he wouldn't have achieved what he achieved. Mm-hmm. All over the Bible, we see stories of people having pain and struggle. And and they achieve great things because of the pain and because of the struggle. The story that is literally imprinted upon the universe is a story, and you've heard me say it before, but it's the story of resurrection. Mm. Yeah. Everything for anything to blossom and grow and become beautiful, it it takes at least a metaphoric death yeah. first. I mean, we've a seed falls off of a tree. And goes literally into the ground and dries up as like it's dead, but and before the spring happens and it, and it brings forth new life. Mm-hmm. A, a building you tear up the ground before you lay a foundation. Before you build a tower, you break the ground. Mm. Almost everything takes pain and destruction before you, you have something beautiful arise. Yeah, and that is true with us when we are in Joseph moments. Where we are in, in our darkest hour, the hardest thing to do, this is one of those things that you know it in your head, but it's hard to tell your heart. We know that God is doing something. Mm-hmm. When you're in your darkest moments, we, we in our heads, we know this is what God is doing in me and through me. He's bringing me to the very bottom of the valley so that he can bring me to a mountaintop. God is doing something here and, and we should we should be in our darkest moments praising God for what he's investing in us. Mm-hmm. But our hearts sometimes disagree with our head. Mm-hmm. Our hearts sometimes say, God, why am I going through this? What's wrong with you, God? Don't I deserve better than this, God? What? Am I not your child? Don't you love me? Mm-hmm. What? God, what's wrong with you? Can, can you not see what's going on in my life? Right? But at the same time, we should realize, thank you, God, for bringing me to this this destruction, bringing me to this pain because you're building something great in me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and the, and and I I don't know if that's what Joseph went through, but but his actions kind of show that he didn't give up, that he that he that he let resurrection happen in him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that uh, James will say it. It says, you know, James 1, uh, verse 2, it says, Dear brothers Where's and Sherry sisters. Blevins? She's been telling me I need to read this. Yep. <laughs> when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Which, that's a choice, consider. When you consider something to be an opportunity for great joy. For we know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Another choice. Uh, that when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Um, I think that that is a uh, that is kind of like the story of Joseph. Mm-hmm. That that he was very much tested and very much, um, but it was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an opportunity, and I think that we are are going to go through pain, and unfortunately, we can waste it. We can waste the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can allow the pain to be something that destroys us or overwhelms us or ends up leading us and in, in transforming us into something that God didn't intend. But pain is also an opportunity to 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 grow and to persevere and to to become something that's different, mm-hmm. to become something that God can fashion and use for his glory. It's one of the things that we love is Second Corinthians one. And it says God's the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our time of need so we can in turn comfort others. So know that the situation that you're dealing with right now, God has the ability to use it for his glory and for the ultimate comfort and in desperate need of somebody else. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to read this last scripture because Sherry told me to read these two. I, I have, okay? <laughs> All right, we're, but, we're going but way I gotta, we gotta, I know, we Brits, wrap up this is Brits this is me this the, is we're way overlooked. Not, <laughs> not only that, this is this is Romans 5, 3. Not only that, but we, re- we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and, ca- and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. Amen. Guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, I, uh, Annette Salmons, thank you so much for uh, getting back, uh, commenting about that Lisa Turker story I was sharing. She said she calls it miracles in the meanwhile. Mm. Um, so that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, let me pray and wrap it up for us today, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Heavenly Father, I just I thank you today for this conversation. I thank you for for the fact that you use um, everything to take us in different in different places for the conversations to go where you want them to go. God, we didn't plan on this today, but God, it's been been a powerful conversation, and um, I don't say that because we had it. I say that because I could feel you move through it, and I could see it going places that we didn't expect. Um, I thank you for for the people who um, are commenting and helping take the conversation in different places where you're speaking to their heart through the Holy Spirit, and they're commenting and helping form this conversation so that hopefully your um, your story can be told and your spirit can be known through these conversations that we're having, God. Um, talking about miracles in the meanwhile, God, we thank you for the fact um, that you work in the dark times and that you work in the unseen. We thank you for the fact that um, we just have to put our trust in you and um, and know that everything's going to be okay because you are our lighthouse. You are the person that we look to in these hard times. And because you are the person that we look to in these hard times. We know that we're going to be okay, or we can know that we're going to be okay if we can make that choice to choose you, God. Um, thank you for the fact that uh, that these miracles happen, that the fact that that we just need to open our eyes, and we ask you to help us to open our eyes in these hard times, God, to see that the big miracle that we're waiting for, that we're looking for off in the distance, that that's coming because of who you are and the promises that you made for us. But help us to open our eyes and see the work that you're doing in the meanwhile. 
the way that you are changing things, the way that you are shaping us, and the way that, as Michael said, that you are investing in us in those times, God. Um, just ask you to guide us, ask you to be with us in those times, and for us to be able to to put our faith and trust in you. Um, and, and being a believer in you, God, help us to remember that being a believer and being your child and knowing you and in relationship with you is counterintuitive intuitive to the way that we're built as human beings and in this world. Everything that we are supposed to be in you goes against what our instincts a lot of times tell us in this world that we need to feel. So in those times of pain, when you're working the miracles in the meanwhile, help us remember that instead of running away from the pain, that we need to lean into it, that we need to take that as an opportunity to get closer to you and to grow more into the people that you're shaping us into, God. So God, we just thank you. We thank you and we love you. And in your name we pray and say, amen. 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 Um, Guys, that is going to wrap us up for yet another episode of the podcast. So once again, I know I say it a lot, but it's because I mean it and we mean it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening to the audio version of this. Thank you for joining us live for the Facebook Live as we um, as we have these conversations and we and we move on this journey of what this podcast is becoming. So as always, join in. have conversations with us, whether it's live or whether it's through the week. Um, each one of us, as I said earlier, you can reach out to us. If you know us, if you're here in part of the church, you can reach out to us anytime. Um, if you're out there in the world and we don't know you and you're not in Blanchester, you're not even in the United States, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, my email is brentss at myelevationcc.org. Michael is... Michael M. At myelevationcc.org. And Daniel is Daniel Y. At myelevationcc.org. And if you want to reach out to just anybody in general, we have another one that is just our general contact email contact at myelevationcc.org. Um, we're also all on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Michael's not at the moment, but he will be again soon. But um, just reach out to us. We want to be a resource to be here for you guys. If you need to talk, if you need guidance, if you need help with anything, um, we're here for you, and that's why we do this podcast. That's why we work in ministry at a church, because we love you guys, and we want to work for the kingdom of God to move in all of you guys and in all of us in the process. So, um, guys, thanks again for joining us, and just take care of each other out there this week, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.